Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. Been in a series called Close. And I have more paper towel up here than I know what to do with. I know some of y'all wondering, why is a giant roll of paper towels up there? We'll see. We'll see. Um, (laughs) We've been in a series called Close. And, you know, I've been saying this. This is now the fifth week we're in this series. There's something that happens when you have a close encounter with Jesus. Things are never the same. I don't know about you. I went at the longer I, I am walking on this walk of salvation, this walk of sanctification. I don't want to get further away from Jesus. I want to get close. And I love reading the Bible because there's so many amazing encounters that Jesus had with people. And I, I believe if an encounter with Jesus ends up in the Bible, there's a truth. There's a lesson that we must learn from it. Amen. So we've been talking about close encounters um, with Jesus Last week, we talked about Jesus' close encounter with Thomas, doubting Thomas. I've heard him call that my entire life. He got a bad rap. Thomas wasn't a doubter. He had doubt one time, and he gets called a doubter. Uh, It's funny what people will label you, but the reality is Thomas probably had more faith than all of us because he dies as a martyr in India for the cause of Christ by the end of his life. Thomas believed in Jesus. Amen? There's something that happens, man, when you have an encounter with Jesus that changes you. And if you have your Bible, whether you're here or you're online, I want to welcome you as well. Um, I-, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Let me see who still brings Bibles to church. Wave them at me. Let me see. It's awesome because we're in this. Oh, wow, more Bibles because people don't want me talking about their phones. Praise God. You could take out that little desk. That's the awesome part about being in school. Put your Bible and your notepad on there. Take notes. The Bible says in Jedediah 57.5 that 99.9% of those that take notes shall get to heaven. If you believe that, I have more work to do than I thought. Okay. Doesn't say that. But take notes. They may not help you right now, but they'll point you back to a place in God's word that will help you when you need it the most. Amen? And if you're like, man, I want to make sure I'm just absorbing. That's fine. Every note or everything that I'm going to say is on the Cool Church app. Just go to the Cool Church app in the experience part, and you'll see a part that says sermon. Those sermon notes are right there. It's like a little fill in the blank. It's just like taking a pop quiz during the message. It's really awesome. So you don't miss anything. You don't miss any verses. It's really cool. It's really awesome. Matthew, chapter, thir- uh, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Read something like this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. I love that. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, and I believe it probably sounded like the voice of Mufasa, this is my son 
with whom I am well pleased. I don't know how God sounds, but it would be pretty cool if he sounded like James Earl Jones. <laughs> and that's what the church can say. Amen. Amen. If you're taking notes on this message, I've entitled it something simple. You could just call it close to the father. Close to the father. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on this axis, you knew each and every human that would be in this room today. God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, open hearts, minds, and ears to be open and receptive to a word that's always and only going to be about Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. God, I pray. I pray, God, that by the time this is all said and done, the person that needs this word the most will receive it. For when your word goes forth, it never returns void. God, I pray for the one. I pray for the one that will find salvation today. In Jesus' name. And everybody set? Everybody set? Take about five seconds to give him some praise. Come on. Close. Close. We've been talking about how a close encounter with Jesus can change you forever. And before I dig back into this message, quick praise report. Did you know that last week, this is crazy to say, but it's true. This is why I love Easter Sunday, but I love the OGs that come the week after. Easter Sunday, there were over 2,000 people in this building. All across the building. It was crazy. I mean, they was everywhere. They was in the courtyard with speakers. They was in the gym with, with, with projectors. It was crazy. It's a funny story. There's a young lady who was so emotional after service, and she was sitting in the overflow in the, in the gym, and she was watching the, uh, the, the projection, right? And she went up to one of our teams. She was so emotional. She was like, oh, my gosh. This is so amazing. I need to go to that church where they're singing those songs and that pastor's preaching. What church is that? And the team just lovingly, I, I love it. Like, the team was like, sis, you're here. You're just in another room. But you're here. But I, lo I love that. I don't want people that are so used to church that know about overflows and know about all that stuff to come. I want people that don't know nothing to come in this place. I want people getting a new revelation. I, I want to be responsible for introducing new people to Jesus. And the church said, I, I Listen, if you come from another church, I love you. You could be a part of this family, too. That's all good. But I get excited about the people that know nothing. I like people that are green. I like that because that's how you build strong families to build strong futures. The kingdom of heaven only gets bigger when we find new people to fill it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, yeah, man, we, we filled this place out. It was awesome, 2,000 people. And then we had another 1,000 or so online. It was crazy. But here's the best part. If this don't make you clap and cheer and scream, I don't even know what to tell you. You might not have a pulse. But we had 50 documented salvations last week. 50. Five, zero. You can go back, probably go back on the stories and stuff and catch it, but people came out to this altar. But even in the overflow, people walked down in front of the screen, and our prayer team was there. It was so awesome to receive them, man. I, I just... I love what God is doing in this house. Aren't you, aren't you glad that you're a part of a house where people are meeting Jesus? So I had to say that. So thank you, because you're awesome. And thank you for being consistent. So 
We've been talking about close and close encounters with Jesus and how they can change everything for you. Last Sunday was Easter. It was an amazing day. So many people got saved. Today is Baptism Sunday. Make some noise. People are going to get baptized. It's amazing. After you make a decision for Jesus, the most logical thing to do, the next step in your journey is to be baptized. Get baptized. I know a bunch of people have been saved for years and have never been baptized. Get baptized. Last week we learned that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man gets to the Father except through him. So many people all across the world on Easter Sunday confessed that Jesus Christ was their Lord and Savior. Now what? It's a week later. What are you going to do now? You need to follow directions and do what's next. And I love Jesus because he's so close to us. He doesn't even just tell us what to do next. He shows us what to do next. He gets baptized. Repentance for salvation is literally the beginning of your journey. The word repentance means to turn away from. You were walking towards a path of destruction. You saw Jesus. You repented. You have turned away from a path of unrighteousness and destruction to follow the righteous path of Jesus. And I love new believers because they're hungry and they're excited. And we got to fan the flame of that excitement. And so many people want to know what to do next. Be obedient to God's word and get baptized. Get baptized. Salvation, repentance is only the start. Baptism is the next step. I love it. Because Jesus not only tells us, but shows us clear instruction of what to do. Every Saturday in the Wilson household, I don't care what's happening. Every Saturday, my child, Valencia Wilson, Vava, she's got to do chores. And the church said, and listen, I'm old school. Listen, don't listen, listen, don't let the fit fool you, man. I'm old school. Listen, I grew up doing chores. My parent, my parents was like, maid, housekeeper, what? I got children. What do I need housekeepers for? I made y'all to clean the doggone house. I was, I was waiting for y'all to be the right age so y'all could start cleaning up. Clean up the house. I ain't pay, I ain't pay. And then, listen, no offense, man. If you're one of those parents that you give uh, uh, Johnny uh, money every time he does chores, that ain't me. I got to, hold up, I got to pay you to clean up the house I pay for that you live in for free? Oh, no, you're going to do chores. That's your, that's your payment. That's how you rent your room. It ain't even your room. It's my room. It's my room, Mom. No, it's not. It's my room. Everything in that room. It's my room. It's on loan to you till you're 18. My house. So you clean the house. Like, she has certain things she had to do, just like things I had to do when I was growing up. And I used to be so upset with my parents about it, but I'm so glad that they raised me that way. Like, and, and my daughter has it light. Like, I used to have to cut the grass. Stop right there. That's not a chore. That's slave labor. 
I'm like, like I'd never do that. Like I, I, I pay a lawn man now. I'm like, I'd never do that to my kids. My dad was getting free cuts for years. How much money did he save off, my, off the sweat of my brow? My daughter has shores. It's easy. It's like mop the floor, clean the bathroom, the one you use all the time that you make nasty, that your hair clogging up the sink, you clean that. Wash some dishes, clean your room. Cl clean your room. It's, here's the thing that upsets me about these, these kids these days. I, my child, she was in VR world. Was it Roblox or Roblox? What's the Roll? What's the Roll? Roblox? Ro whatever. Ro rollerblades. Whatever they call it. <laughs> my child was on the incident. Now, I got a hard time trying to get my child clean her room and vacuum and all this stuff. She's like immersed in this thing. I'm like, what are you doing right now? And I look on the screen. You know what she's doing in this virtual world? She's vacuuming. You vacuuming in the virtual world. I can't get you to vacuum in the real world? She's like, Dad, it's my house. I got to keep it clean. I said, get your butt to your room and get that vacuum. Vacuuming and vacuuming and rollerblades, rollblades, Roblox, whatever you want to call it. That jump made me so mad. She, she, she clean in the virtual world, won't clean in the real world. And when she finally does clean in the real world, like, it's, it's a thing. Like, we get to it. One time she thought she was slick. My child, man, she's smart. She's slick. She knows, like, what hits her dad's, like, soft buttons. One Saturday morning, she woke up, and she cooked bread. My, my baby could cook, man. Ooh, so her, her cheese eggs. Woo! Hey, something else. She made, me a, she made me a nice cheese egg sandwich with some bacon on it. I was like, wow, this is fire. She's like, Dad... Here's your cheese egg sandwich. I'm like, thanks, baby girl. This is awesome. So I'm eating the sandwich. She's like, man, this sandwich is good in the mug. And I, 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 I noticed, I noticed, like, I looked around. I was like, I mean, the sandwich is good, but the house, there's some stuff. Like, this floor, this floor ain't clean. Like, what's, what's going on? And, 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 and I, I ain't say nothing for a while because I just wanted to see how long this was going to go on. She's smiling at me like, she's like, yes, I made that breakfast. He ain't going to say nothing. Around one o'clock roll around. I'm like, um, that, bre that breakfast was good. Dad, you like it? It was good, huh? Oh, babe, that was the best cheese egg sandwich I ever had. She's like, for real? I said, but you know what? She's like, what? You still ain't mopped these floors. <laughs> you still ain't clean. She thought by making me this breakfast that I wasn't going to pay attention to the thing that I had actually already asked her to do. She did something I did not ask her to do because she thought it would take my attention away from the thing I did ask her to do. This is what a lot of Christians look like, man. So many of us want to do all these things that are so great for God and the kingdom, but still have not done the first thing that God asked us to do. He says, repent and without even taking a breath, repent and be baptized. But we are here, God, I want to save souls for you. You ain't even get baptized yet. You didn't do the first thing that he asked you to do. 
And this is what we often do. We do what we want to do, not what God has instructed us to do. Let me tell you something. And King, King Saul learned this the hard way. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Baby girl, I'm so thankful you woke up and made me that egg sandwich. You sacrificed your time to do it, but that's not what I asked you to do. I asked you to be obedient and do the chores that I've asked you to do every Sunday. Stop trying to go around what God is demanding of us to do what you think he actually wants when he's already told you. This is what we need to understand. The Bible says repent and be baptized and fine don't take my word for it take God's word for it look at what it says in Mark 16 16 whoever believes and is baptized will be saved whoever does not believe will be condemned Acts 2 38 Peter says this he says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Baptism in its simplest form is obedience. It's an act of obedience. And maybe you've known Jesus for one day or maybe you've known Jesus for a thousand days or 20 years. He is still requiring us in 2022 to get baptized. Get baptized. Like if you want to be close to Jesus, it's simple. Obey him. Obedience keeps you close. Obedience is what keeps us close. Obedience to God by getting baptized keeps us close. Close to what? Three things I'll tell you, and then we'll go and baptize some people. Is that okay? Obedience to God by getting baptized keeps you close. Close to what? Close to righteousness. Obedience to God through baptism keeps you close to righteousness. Look at what Matthew 3, 13 through 15 says. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And, you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. You should underline, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. I love it because in that context, the word righteousness means a condition that is acceptable to God. Righteousness, the condition that is acceptable to God. It's what God wants. It, it's what he's asking you for. Not what you have decided is righteous. No, you cannot decide righteousness. God is righteous, so he decides righteousness. He decides what conditions, what terms are acceptable to him. And I love that thought, the condition acceptable to God. Here's why Jesus had to be baptized. Because if Jesus is not baptized, he is not in full obedience to his father. If he does not get baptized, he is not in full obedience. Full obedience to the will of the Father by Old Testament standards is the very definition of righteousness. 
full obedience to the Father. So if Jesus is not fully obedient, therefore he is not righteous. And if he is not righteous, that disqualifies him from being the spotless lamb of God. That disqualifies him from being redemption before creation. That disqualifies him from being the fully obedient son of the most high God. His willingness to fully obey the will of the father qualified him to fulfill his true purpose. It's the redemption of all mankind. John could not look at Jesus and say the Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world if Jesus did not submit himself to following the rules and the guidance and the regulations of God that he has laid down before us, which is baptism. If he skips over it, he is not the fully obedient son of God. Therefore, he does not qualify to be the savior of all mankind. He must be baptized. Let it be so now to fulfill all righteousness. His willingness to fully obey the will of his father qualified him for his final purpose. We talked about the cross last week and how it's the salvation for us all, but none of us on that cross could save mankind because we were not perfect. Jesus was because he fully obeyed the will of his father that qualified him to take our place. When we deserve death, Jesus took it for us because he was qualified. He was righteous. And I love this because, well, you think, all right, I get it. Jesus, he's qualified and he's fully qualified and he shows us that through baptism. But how does baptism keep me, keep you and me close to righteousness? How does it keep you in a condition? How does it keep me in a position that is acceptable to God? One word, accountability. Baptism keeps us close to God because it provides accountability. We can stay close. We can do what fulfills all righteousness. We can stay close to righteousness through baptism because baptism provides accountability. Because when you get baptized, one thing that you will see today, it's a public confession. Everybody in this room that stands out there is going to see you get baptized. And that's the point. It's not supposed to be something that's hidden. It's not something that's done in shame. It's a public confession. It's a celebration. People see you, and because you have announced that you are a brand new creation by going down in the waters of baptism and allowing that old sin to die and being brought back up out of the water as a brand new creation, as Romans 10.9 tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he was raised from the dead. The Bible says you are a new creation. When you go down and come back up in the waters of baptism, you are publicly confessing that you are brand new. You're publicly confessing this. And because you made a public confession and you've announced it to people when they see, they already know. You and I, they know we are not perfect like Jesus. But guess what? Because you showed them that you are willing to take this step, then they have the right to hold you accountable. I love my brother. My brother is awesome. He is eight years older than me. That's why I'm definitely the better looking one. He might beg to differ, but my brother was a drill sergeant 
in, in the army, man. He served for 21 years, man. He went to Iraq, Kosovo, and every place in between and came back in one piece. Thanks be to God. Now he's here. I love him to death. He serves a cool church. You probably see him. Maybe you saw somebody with a mean mug that looked like me. That's not me. That's him. Don't confuse us. I told you, I'm the more handsome one. So my brother, though, he has this thing about working out. He works out every day like he's annoying about it. And I'm not going to lie. When I want to get in shape, I tell him. I tell him. But it's the worst thing that I could ever do. Because if I tell him, he's going to hold me accountable. It's so, it's so annoying. Like, like, if I'm not there, like, if I'm supposed to show up at 9 o'clock, at, at 9.01, hey, man, where you at? Hey, hey, what, what happened? You slacking today? I'm like, bro, I'm outside. I just didn't walk in the door yet. <laughs> like, 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 it's like, when, when, you, know, you, you know, when you work out, listen, listen, don't, don't let people make you feel bad about your cheat days. You know, I work out sometimes, I get a cheat day, amen? And the church said, it's okay to cheat on cheat day. I eat my ice cream sandwiches. I don't care. I like my ice cream sandwiches. Don't make me feel bad about it. God's working on me. But TJ, look at you, fat boy. You eat ice cream. Oh, that's what we doing today? We eat ice cream sandwiches? I'm like, bruh, man, can I live? But he's my brother, man. That's a, listen, when you're a Wilson, you got to have tough skin, man. That's how we talk to each other. And he tells me that kind of stuff. And though I get frustrated at times, I'm always thankful. I'm thankful because I had an objective that I wanted to accomplish, and I know that he's going to hold me accountable in love to the thing that I said I wanted to do. Why? Because he genuinely wants to see me become my best self. I know everybody in the world ain't like that, but my brother, the one I know is always looking out for me when nobody else is looking out for me, he genuinely wants me to be the best version of me possible. He says things that are sometimes very harsh and truthful to me, but I know he does it because he loves me and wants the best for me. The truth is, my brother though, and this is, this is the truest thing of the matter that I, that I know with all my heart, my brother would not check me or tell me anything if I had not given him permission. This is what baptism does. Baptism in a kingdom body gives your brothers and sisters permission to hold you accountable to who you said you were. You want to be a Christ follower? Don't be mad when Sister Betty says, baby, you're looking cute today. But just close that up a little bit so our brothers don't stumble. You got baptized. Don't be mad when she's telling you the right thing. You, you want to be a disciple or you want to cause a distraction? Like disciples love correction because it keeps us going on the right path. And, and here's... Like, and here's the reason why I, I, I believe this. I believe some people don't get baptized because they know the accountability that's coming. 
and, and, and the accountability is not bad, but they're terrified of it because they've been in places where accountability wasn't given with love. You don't need to be up in here dressing like who you think you are. That's a lot different than saying, baby, you look so nice today. But just could you just 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 a little bit, just just that's a whole that's a whole lot different. You you better than that. Your value is not on what's outside. Your, you a child of God. Your value is what's inside. You ain't got to show all that to show how special you are. That's a whole lot different than, mm, you look like you came from the club last night. <laughs> That's a different message. We laughing, but we're the reason a lot of people don't want to make a public confession. Because we're not providing accountability in love. Because the truth of the matter is, what Jesus says so carefully, this is why I love the words that Jesus uses, he shows us that baptism is not something that you do by yourself, it's a group activity. Look at what he said, because when you, when you get baptized, I promise you, it's not just about you. Look at the words he uses, let it be so now, it is proper for us. He didn't say let it be so now. It is proper for me to do this to fulfill, for, to fulfill righteousness. He doesn't say that. He says, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. When he says us, who is he talking about? Himself and John. John was not getting baptized. John was baptizing, but what that made John was the witness to the baptism of Jesus. The people that are there holding you accountable and cheering you on is just are important, are just as important as you being baptized. Why? Because God, it says, let, let, it says, let us. It says, it's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. By John baptizing Jesus, does Jesus need accountability because he's a sinner? Absolutely not. Jesus is perfect. What is John holding Jesus accountable to? John is holding Jesus accountable to his purpose. He's holding him accountable to his mission. Because as I told you, if Jesus does not get baptized, he does not do what is proper to fulfill all righteousness. He does what is proper to fulfill some righteousness if he passes over baptism. But by getting baptized... He shows us who are actually sinners that need real accountability. He says, let me show them how to do this so they have no excuse. Let, and, be, and, and, and if, John, if John does not recognize him and call out his purpose, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John's very purpose in life was to call out Jesus. If Jesus passes by his baptism, then the prophecy said about John isn't even true. And if one part of the Bible is not true, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. I love Jesus because he fulfills every messianic prophecy. He makes sure that every T is crossed and every I is dotted, even if it means he has to include us in fulfilling his mission. We... I love this. The Bible says we are the body of Christ. We belong to one another. We need each other, man. So many people are trying to make your Christianity a solo event. But baptism is a beautiful thing 
that does not happen without the congregation, that does not happen without the body. Because when we see you going the wrong way, or as your pastor, if you see me the wrong way, you can lovingly say, hey, pastor, what's up with that? Because I got to be accountable to you because the only thing I'm on the stage actually selling is integrity. If I don't do what this word says to do, then you have full permission not to follow me. But I want you to follow me as I follow after Christ. Why? Because I'm accountable to the body. Baptism is one of those things that we do together because we are accountable to one another. Our accountability keeps us close to righteousness. We need each other to stay on the path that is acceptable to God. And baptism is your signal to your brothers and sisters in faith to love you into what God has called you to be. But obedience to God by getting baptized doesn't just keep you close to righteousness. It keeps you close to the spirit. Keeps you close to the spirit. Matthew 3.16 says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Alighting is another word to say resting. So the dove descends and it alights. It rests on Jesus. And we know that the dove is a symbol of peace, but also a symbol of What it is said clearly here is the symbol of the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. This is one of the moments in the Bible that is beautiful because you see the entire Trinity in one place at one time. You see God the Father, the creator of the heavens. You hear his voice. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. You hear about the Holy Spirit, the power of God descending upon the son of God, Jesus himself. Baptism is so important, God made sure all of him was there. All parts of him was there. Don't put off the thing that God calls important, because when things are important, you show up. In this moment, God is publicly bestowing power through the Holy Spirit, to his son Jesus. Why in this moment does this happen? Jesus, remember, he submits to the process of baptism to fulfill all righteousness. So why this moment does God in all his parts decide to show up and bestow power on his son? Because the Holy Spirit only flows through orderly and obedient vessels. Spirit won't flow in confusion. Spirit flows in obedience. That's when it flows. Flows through obedience. I know so many people that want to access the power of God, but have not followed God's direction. Can't access it if you can't first follow instruction. You got to be able to follow the instructions if you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I had a switch in my house that was connected to some lights on my back porch. And every night I went out. This happened for months. You ever just had a problem so long it annoys you and you finally decide to do something about it? I mean, this thing has just been going on. Every time it was like a, it was like a, it was like like Coachella. It was like a strobe fest going on on my back porch. It was so annoying. Every time I flipped the switch, lights just flickering. I'm like, man, I got to do something about this before I have a seizure. This is crazy. So I am no electrician, 
but I'm smart enough to read. And YouTube has a video for everything. So I went to the store, I bought a new light switch. And before you say I'm crazy, I do what smart people do when they play with electricity. I turned off all the power in the house. Because I ain't crazy. I'd have had power, but not the... <laughs> Wouldn't have been the power of the Holy Ghost. Would have been the power of stupidity flowing through my veins. So I cut off all the power, and I opened up the light switch. And I loved it because the switch, they, they're getting so fancy now. Like it had a QR code on it. And I scanned it, and when I scanned it, 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 it literally opens up a video on my phone, and the dude walks you through step by step how to change the light switch. Now, I am not an electrician. I am an artist, so I need things like this. It's like you could do it easy in 15 minutes. And, man, I followed that thing to a T. I was like, listen, I ain't playing around. I'm trying to be here for Joanne and Vava's future. Like, I'm going to do whatever it is. I had, like, rubber gloves on. I had a hazmat suit. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm sick of this thing flickering. But, man, I ain't taking no chances. So I changed that switch out, and I put the black wire where they told me to put it. I put the white wire where they told me to put it. I grounded that thing. I did everything that they said to do. And then I went right back to my electrical panel and I flipped all the power back on and I flipped that light switch. And do you know that thing worked perfectly? Your pastor know how to change a light switch. <laughs> I ain't doing it at your house, but I know how to change a light switch. I love it. Because it's electricity, not magic. Do you hear what I said? It's electricity. It's not magic. It's not this mystical thing that's going through your walls. There's a specific way that it works. It must be connected in proper order for it to work properly. You must follow the instructions in order for the power to flow properly. When I took off the initial switch, I realized that it was not connected properly. So it did not work properly. But the moment that things were done by following instruction in the right order, the power began to flow. When you wire things properly, they work properly. Here's the reason. Power flows through order. If you're going to clap, clap. Don't give me a petty clap. There's a specific way it wants to flow. And the order of power, here's a kingdom principle. Submission first, power second. Submission first, power second. We, we like, we, 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 we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit on the life of Jesus descending by the dove, but we don't hear one thing about the power of the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus until after he is baptized. After he is baptized. Now, let me say this, because there's those theologians, those Twitter warriors, and Facebook foes that will call me a false prophet and a bad theologian. 
because they will cite something that they read in Acts chapter 10. But I need you to understand what I talk about before when I say that submission flows before power. I am not saying that water baptism must happen before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that. Because I already know how people are. Oh, he said, unless, unless I get water baptized, I can't get had a Holy Ghost. Listen, when you got saved, the power of the Holy Ghost was in you. How do you think you got there? It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, it manifests different gifts through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But that's a whole nother sermon. We'll get there, I promise you. But in Acts chapter 10, what those theologians might cite is Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile who who got saved. He was a man of God. And his whole household were men and women of God. And Peter has a dream. He has a dream about a bunch of animals on a big old blanket. And, and he heard a voice that said, kill and eat. And Peter was like, nah, man, I can't do that, man. I can't eat anything that's unclean or whatever. And God says, don't call anything unclean that I have called clean. And it was a symbolic vision to get him to understand, now I want you to go and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. The Jews have called them unclean for so long, but the sacrifice of Jesus Christ can cleanse them the same way it cleansed you. I need you to go preach to him. Cornelius has a vision, and he is told to go get this man Peter. I love it because when God does things, he confirms them. And people are like, God told me to marry you. I'm like, why he didn't tell me? <laughs> another sermon, another time. So Peter and Cornelius are on the same page. He gets there, and he, see, he sees these people. like, yo, these are, these are the people of God. And literally, the Holy Spirit falls on that place, and they begin to speak in tongues and other languages, and the power of the Holy Spirit falls upon Cornelius. They had not been water baptized yet. They had not been water baptized. And Peter looks at them and says, well, if God think that they had a power of the Holy Spirit, who am I to stop them from getting water baptized? And he immediately follows by water baptizing them. So I am not saying that you must be water baptized in order for you to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. What I am merely pointing out is that Jesus, who is God, who allowed his power to stay up there with God the Father in heaven and God the Holy Spirit. He comes down to earth, a, a baby in a manger, humbles himself, says, let me leave my power at home until my dad wants me to have it. He fully submits to the process that God would have him go through in order for him to perform the miracles and do the things necessary that people would testify about to say that he is the son of God. I want you to understand that you will begin to live a more supernatural life when you live a more surrendered life. All Jesus is trying to show us, and he is using water baptism as a vehicle for us to understand, y'all. He's God, but he's just giving us an object lesson. This is an illustration. Let me use water baptism to show them the power of submission. The power of submission is that there is power when you submit. He says, I'm going to submit to my father in this moment. 
I'm going to do something that only humans do. I am God, but because I am God in the flesh, I'm going to do something that only humans are required to do just so they can see if they want to live a supernatural life, they must first live a surrendered life. He surrenders to the process that his father has laid out. Jesus is God, but never goes out of the proper order as it pertains to him receiving power. He submits to baptism. God releases power and direction in his life for the next chapter. Notice I said power and direction. Why is that important? Because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It wants to release power and direction. See, some of y'all think the Holy Spirit is just power. No, the Holy Spirit is power and direction. Why? Because the Spirit doesn't just give you the power to accomplish things. It leads you to the challenges where you will need it to succeed. So what are you talking about? Look what happens. This is, once again, this is why I use the Bible, because everything in this book is true. Martin Luther King, my favorite quote that he ever said is, the Bible is right. It is. Immediately after baptism. Flip over to the next chapter, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. What does it say? Then Jesus, listen, after this grandiose moment, God shows up all at once. The Father says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Holy Spirit comes down, gives him power. He's like, oh, yeah, let's go. I'm like a superhero right now. And Jesus is like, thanks, Dad. And then he goes. He goes immediately after Matthew chapter 1, verse 4, then Right after the baptism, it's not, it's not like time in between. Then, Jesus was led by the Spirit. He gets power to be led. It's not just power, it's direction. Led by the Spirit into the desert. To be tempted by the devil. <laughs> Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Some of y'all want power so bad. For what? What you want power for? What you want it for? You really want it? Because you know power comes at a price. Jesus was then led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. People want the power of the Spirit so bad, but power is not to be played with. Power is for a purpose. When it says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted, it's a Hebrew word that is translated in the original text that means the war is on. Jesus was given power to be led into war with the devil. You want power? Where's the Spirit trying to lead you to use it? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Because the Holy Spirit will always take you places you don't want to go to do things you don't want to do or things that you cannot do without it. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You want the power of the Holy Spirit? Cool. Okay. Don't be surprised if it leads you to a place that you cannot survive without it. Some of you are complaining about where God has you, has you but you forget that he gave you the Holy Spirit to navigate the place that he has taken you. The Holy Spirit is the power that you need to navigate.
navigate the situations that are for you. The Holy Spirit will lead you to places you don't want to go to do things you can't do without it. And Jesus had to submit to the process of baptism because he knew he would need the power of the Holy Spirit close to him to accomplish the mission on earth that he had to do. I don't know about you, but I need to keep the Spirit close to me. For what I got to do, the things I got to do and the things I got to go through every day, there's so many things I don't even want to deal with that I need the Spirit for. My child is going to school right now and being fed and led to everything except for reading, writing, and arithmetic. I need the Holy Spirit to raise her. You know, our parents in middle school and high school know what I'm feeling right now. Teaching them everything but what they're supposed to be teaching them. I need the Holy Spirit to raise my child. I've been married for 15 years. Thanks, thanks be to God with the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit for another 15. We got a business. Let me tell you something. I did not go to business school. I do not have a business degree. It is being run and founded and funded by the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit for every relationship you ever have. You annoy with your boss, you need the Holy Spirit. Because that's the only way you're actually going to get patience. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, this Holy Spirit series coming. Y'all ain't ready. You need the Holy Spirit, man. And everything that you do to make good decisions, to be wise, to just be a human that shows what Christ is in your everyday actions. You must stay close to the power of the Holy Spirit. You must understand, though, that the only way to live a supernatural life is to first live a surrendered life. Jesus surrenders. And then we see the supernatural flow freely from his life. Jesus knew he would need the spirit close to him to accomplish his mission on earth. But finally, baptism, we operate in obedience in baptism because it keeps us close to the Father. Not just close to righteousness, not just close to the spirit, but close to the Father. Matthew 3.17 says, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. That verse wrecks my life every time I read it because it's one thing to know that God loves you. It's another thing to know that God is pleased with you. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't care where you come from in this room. I don't care what you've done. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I got my hand raised because I'm probably the chief of sinners in this room. All. Stop walking around with your fake church piety and righteousness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I don't care what you've done. God loves you. How, how, how do I know he loves you? He made you. This church was founded on that very principle. If that is not true, then none of the Bible is true because the Bible says that God is love. God love. There is nothing you can do to get God to stop loving you. I don't know who needs to hear that today. There's people that want to take their lives. Maybe you wanted to before you walked in. God loves you. You're not your past. You're not your mistakes. 
You're not the things that somebody else did to you or projected on you. God loves you. I don't care what you identify as. He, her, they, them, he loves you. Listen to me when I say that. He, lo he loves you. And I got all the theology in the world to back it up. He loves you. But ask yourself, is he pleased with you? Because that's two different things. God loves you no matter where you are or what you do. But is he pleased with what you do? Is he pleased with who you are? Is he pleased with what you identify as? He loves you. Is he pleased with you? That's what you need to ask yourself. Because a lot of people go around doing a lot of nonsense because they know God loves them. But is he pleased? God's kids think they could get away with murder because of his unconditional love. Is he pleased? I know it's not a popular message. There's people that will probably leave, oh, they ain't bashing us. This turn or burn. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God loves you. I'm asking you, is he pleased with you, though? I wouldn't be a very good pastor if, if, if I preached just the words you like and not the actual unfallible word of God. I got to give you all of it. I can't give you some of it. He loves you. Is he pleased with you? Is he pleased? You see, the God that I serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, God the Father loves when you do things his way. That's what pleases him. And baptism is the process God created to move us closer to being like his perfect son, Jesus. You see, it's not just about doing it. It's about doing it his way. Not just about doing what you want. Oh, I'm a, I'm a believer. I can do what I want. No. Believer, that's cool. Are you doing it his way? Or are you doing it your way? If you don't do it, do it his way, because that's, that's when the Father is the most pleased. There's a way I like things done, and there's a way my child likes to do them. I love my baby girl. We started this whole message, and I was talking about, like, how she cleans and all that stuff. And we make jokes and we make light of it. But when I, when I ask my child to do something, I won't just tell her to do it. First, I will show her. I will show her what, what it is, and I will teach her how, and I will tell her why we do it a certain way. Because I want her to fully understand what I'm asking her to do, so when she does it, she does it with all the lessons that I've taught her when she does it. And when I say clean your room, my way and Baba's way are totally different. My way is to take the sheets off of your bed that you've been rolling around in all week. Wash them. <laughs> Don't be rolling around them sheets for weeks. That's nasty. Your whole life on them sheets. All your DNA on them sheets. 
All them dead skin said they own them sheets. Take them off. Wash them. This might help some adults in this room today, too. <laughs> don't, don't just take your clothes and throw them back in the closet. And then when I go in there and I open your closet, the avalanche falls on me. You know what you should do when you wash your clothes? As soon as you wash them, fold them. It will save you when you have to iron later because your clothes will still be nice and crispy because you folded them. Some of y'all are like, oh, I'm just going. I'm going <laughs> to just hang it up when I'm taking a shower and let the steam just <laughs> fold it. Fold it and then, put, and then put it away. What a novel thought. Take your shoes, clean them, put them away. I've had shoes for decades because I cleaned them and I put them back in the box. Yes, I am OCD, but I store things well. My child, oh, dad's coming. Let me push it under the bed. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> Chips, Legos. Why is my voice like this? <laughs> Just push your stuff. That's not clean. You're hiding things. When I say clean, no, 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 no. You're going to take out all that stuff under the bed. You're going you're gonna to vacuum them floors, and then you're going to mop them, and you're going to use the right cleaner and everything. I should be able to smell the clean in your room. I should walk in and say, oh, it's so fresh. So fresh and so clean, clean, okay. I should, be, I should be able to see, not just see the clean, I should smell the clean. I should feel the clean because you have cleaned things the right way. You have not hidden things, you have cleaned them. When I say clean, I mean remove dirt and odor. Do not mask them. This is what church folks do. You put the outfit on, you are masking enough perfume, enough cologne, Old Spice, Dracar Noir, Jupe, for the OGs, cool water. You are masking. But there hasn't been a deep clean. You covered it up with the lace front. I paid for it past this mine. <laughs> Our face is beat. That's such a violent term. I, I, my face beat, y'all. That's such a. You're covering it up. You're masking it. But is it really clean? There's two ways in life to do something your way, God's way. It's my way and God's way. That's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs 16 25, there is a way that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. See, the Bible even goes further and it says things like, our righteousness is filthy rags. I, 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 love, I love that statement because, like, it, it clearly tells us that we are not good at cleaning things. Because when we clean, like I got these paper towels up here 
and me and my wife, we get in heated discussions about paper towels. Because when I wash my hands, I'm like this. My wife's like, no! We can reuse this! But this, 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 <laughs> let me get my theology right for the haters. This, this is, this is what some of y'all think y'all look like. I, I'm, I'm good, Pastor, me, we good, I'm clean. No, you're not. Like, this, this is too good to be us. It's too good. Because it says our righteousness is as filthy. It's too clean. Matter of fact, let's just say this was me. I ain't going to talk about y'all. I'm going to talk about myself. Let's just say this was me. This is me at my best, right? I'm, I'm clean, y'all. I love you. I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to be this clean. Let's say this is me at my best. Okay. Well, my life is not always being lived at its best because there's sometimes I make a mess. Or sometimes I make a mess. So when I make a mess... My righteousness is as filthy rags. Once again, this is not filthy, so this is not even proper theology. This is pretty clean. But if I was the best possible human I could be, and I feel like in my life I had never sinned, look what happens when I try to clean up my mess. Okay? I cleaned it up, kind of, but there's still a mess there, and now... I am no longer equipped to handle the mess that is on this table. Like, how many times is a filthy rag good for cleaning a mess? The answer is zero. But if you want to call yourself righteous, how many times is a clean rag good for cleaning a mess? Maybe once. And I still couldn't get it out. And then I'm like depressed because I'm like, God, you can't love me. Look at me. I started out. This is how some of y'all treat Christianity. You get saved and you feel like that clean sheet. And then next week you do something stupid and you're like, God, I can't go back to church. They can't see me like this. This is what you look like. And you're frustrated. Because that filthy rag that you was trying to hold up like clean does not do a good job of cleaning up anything. Your righteousness doesn't work. All righteousness. My righteousness is filthy rags. It's terrible. And even on my best day, I'm still not good enough to clean up the mess of my life. But this is why I love Jesus. Because I may not be enough, but Jesus uses paper towels like me. It's like, oh, one ain't enough for you, Terrence. Hey, I'm always clean. I got one for you. Oh, that ain't enough? My grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect. And, oh, that ain't enough? Hey, guess what? I got more for you. Oh, but, but, but God, man, you don't know, man. I slept with that person when I wasn't supposed to. 
Oh, man, that's all right. I got, you got a repentant heart. I'll clean you up. But God, I lied, man. You don't know. But that's okay. Your rag ain't enough. I got, I got enough rags for the both of us. And let me tell you something. Mine are perfect and spotless and always clean. And I can clean you up. And even if you make another mess, guess what? Oh, you thought that? That's okay. I still got more. I can do, I can do what you cannot do. I could keep on cleaning you up. Up because I got enough and here's the thing I don't just got enough for you Ben I got enough for you Yari I got enough for you Joanne I got enough for you Ashika I got enough for you Harold I got enough for you I got enough for you Pat I got enough for you Amanda I got enough for you Mac I got enough for every single person and if you think I don't got enough I'm not like this role here Mine never runs out because I am grace, I am truth, I am perfection, I am the alpha, I am the omega, I am the beginning, I am the end, I am everything and anything you will ever need if you believe it. Say amen. The God I serve has got enough for all of us. And he never runs out. Let it be so now. For it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. When he said all, he was talking about all of us. Because he knew our righteousness was not enough. Our righteousness is filthy rags in Jesus. Because he truly is spotless. Because he truly is eternal. He is qualified to clean up your life. When you do it God's way, you're not just trusting him to fully clean up your life. You are, you are trusting him through the process. And a child that trusts their father to do it his way pleases the heart of the father. Dad just wants to know that we trust him to clean up the mess that is our life. And Jesus trusts God so, so much that he fully submits to this process of baptism so he would show each of us there was nothing he wasn't willing to do to get close to us. There's nothing he wasn't willing to do to save your life and Jesus' willingness to submit to the baptism process shows his, his full commitment to connect with sinners like you and me. Jesus identifies as you to cleanse you of your sin. This is the God that we serve. Jesus is not a sinner. He doesn't need to be baptized as accountability for the forgiveness of sins, but he needed to be baptized so that he could fulfill all righteousness for us. And he, because he was, he's, because he's God wrapped in the flesh, he wanted to get so close to us that he became one of us. So that we would know that there's nothing we would ever be confronted with that he wouldn't understand from experience. For Hebrews 4.15 tells us, we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted 
in every way just as we are yet did not sin Jesus fully submits to the process because he's trying to show us how to please our heavenly father God loves you is he pleased with you have you submitted to the process Jesus sacrifices everything because he wants us to be as close to our heavenly father as he is with every head bowed every eye closed my call is simple my call is clear and I hope you hear it with all of your heart maybe you know God loves you or maybe you don't but is God pleased with you is he pleased with you let me tell you a surefire way to please God is to accept the one that he sent for us all. And his name is Jesus. If you want to please the Heavenly Father, you must first accept his son as Lord and Savior of your life. And I don't care how big of a mess your life may be, Jesus has enough to cleanse us all. If you're in this room today and you say, I want to please my Father, I need, I need to receive Jesus. Maybe you've never done it, or maybe you've done it before and you've been running around trying to clean up your own mess. Today, let Jesus clean it up. You want Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've done it, maybe you've never done it, but today is the day that you say, God, I want to please you by accepting your son. On the count of three, with nobody looking around because nobody could take your place, nobody could make this decision for you, and you can't clean up your own life. The only person that could clean up your life once and for all is Jesus. If you want Jesus, if you want to please the Father on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. Be bold about it. I see you and 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 you. I want everybody standing in this place. I said all those yous so that you would know that you are not alone. And here's the thing. I called you out because I'm going to call you up. Jesus says, if you deny me before man, I will deny you in front of my father. If you were one of the yous I talked about that says, I want to receive Jesus to please Father God. If that's you, come down right now. Let me pray with you. Come on. Come. Don't wait. Just come. Just come. Nothing to be ashamed of. You just want to please Dad. No shame. No shame. No shame. Come. Come. Well, he is Here's the thing about cool church that I love. I'm so proud of each and every one of you. You're awesome for taking that step. But man, we're family. I love it. More people coming. Never had to do anything alone. I love that. Hey, I just want to make sure everybody's cool with Jesus. And I want to make sure you are pleasing your father. So if that's you. I want you to look at your neighbor right now. And I'm saying, hey, if you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah. Hey, just grab my hand, walk them down together. No shame here. No shame here. 
I'm gonna give you about five seconds. Here we go. Five, four, three, just making sure. Two, there you go. Praise God. One, I love it. I love it. the Father looks like. Bible says in Romans 10 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he is raised from the dead, you're saved. Nobody can take that away from you. No one. Don't ever let them tell, tell you that they can. So, if you're out in the audience, reach towards your brothers and sisters. If you're up here, I want you to raise your hand. You say, why? Hey, a supernatural life only begins with a surrendered life. Say, I surrender. God, I got it. You got it. And let's all pray. We're going to confess and believe. Even if you're in your seat and you didn't come down, God will see more than your hand. He will see your heart. So say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I've sinned. I've sinned. Not, proud of it, I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. But I admit it. Today, Today, I lay my sin down. I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. Take it, I, pray. I don't want it anymore. I, don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven I reach to, to receive your forgiveness, to, receive your forgiveness. to take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 So proud of y'all. Man, I'm proud of y'all. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but the Bible says that when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. They are partying right now. Can't show you, but I'm going to help you hear what it sounds like. And I would ask right now, if you already came to get baptized, you knew before you walked in here, can you come down right now? Because I'm going to send all y'all out at the same time. If you came to get baptized, just walk down right now. It's no shame because you already came for it. Yeah, come. Come and stand with your brothers and sisters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Proud of you, come. Come, proud of you, yep. Big moves, big moves. I like it. Told y'all I got hands. <laughs> if you made a decision for Christ today, one, I want you to look at some of the people that just came up. They made this decision too. They came back because they want that accountability. So they about to go down in the water leave that old life behind, come back up, be a new creation, and know they got the support, the loving support of a family. Amen? We ain't here to ridicule you and climb. Oh, you saved. You shouldn't be doing that. No, hey, bro, you can do better than that. Sis, you can do better than that. And if you need help, I got you. That's what family does. I got you. If you made that decision and you still got questions, one, I want to give you this gift. There's a Bible in here and and a WWJD bracelet and a letter from me and Joe. But if you got questions, we got a whole family that wants to answer them for you, that wants to pray for you. Any I, don't, I don't like when people make a decision for salvation and they got questions and we're like, I don't know. No, we have people that can answer those questions for you, okay? And we want to give you this gift, all right? So on the count of three, if you're getting baptized today or if you got saved or you came back to Jesus, they're going to cheer for you louder than anybody's ever cheered for you in your life. And you're going to follow that, that, that fam right there that says, welcome to the family. That's who you are. Quick question. If you did not get baptized today, I'm just curious. If you did not come to be baptized, but you want to be baptized, if that's you, raise your hand. I just want to see. Good. Awesome. 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 Good. 
You want to be baptized? Come. Brother. You want to get baptized? Come. We got a shirt and everything for, okay. You want to get, anybody else want to get baptized? Awesome. 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 Just come down here. On the count of three, we're going to clap for all those that got saved and all those that want to get baptized as they go that way. I promise you, you'll be outside. Your family can find you. Here we go. One, two, three. Let them know that God loves them. Let them know they're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let them know that God is pleased with them. Come on. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve Come on. We celebrate salvation and cool It's the greatest miracle. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.